If you have a Bible, will you go to Psalm 139? Psalm 139. I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read from the message uh, Bible today. So if you don't have the message Bible with you, you can follow on the screens. And I'm gonna start a series of talks. Don't know how long it's gonna go, but we're gonna talk about this idea of coming out of the dark into the light. Out of the dark into the light. The Bible says that we are a, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that we have been brought out of darkness and into this wonderful light. Today, I wanna talk to you about the idea of through the dark, because in order to get into the light, you have to come through the dark. And I wanna talk to you about God's plan and purpose in the dark seasons of your life. Psalm 139, verse seven, says this. It says, is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit or to be out of your sight? If I climb the sky, you are there. If I go underground, you are there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You are there, already waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I am immersed in the light. In fact, darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they are all the same to you. Come on, is there anybody in the room grateful for that verse right there that says that night and day, darkness and light, they are all the same to you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you over these next few moments that you would speak clearly to us. Thank you so much for what you're doing in our church, in our community. We give you glory and honor for all of the things that you have brought us into, brought us through. Right now, there are many in this room in a dark season. Some of them, it's the darkest season of their life. And God, we wanna, we wanna see what your purpose is in the dark. We give you glory and honor for your word and everything that you're gonna do because of its declaration in Jesus. And we pray and everybody said amen. See, I really believe that there is a purpose for the dark season of your life. I really should say dark seasons because I don't think life is only full of one dark season or one nighttime experience. There is a purpose to the dark seasons of your life. God does not waste the dark seasons of your life. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, you see these magi or these wise men that are trying to find the baby Jesus. And the Bible says that they were guided to Jesus by a star that was shining in the sky. And see, the thing about stars is you can only see stars in the dark. You can only see stars in the dark. And there are just some things that you only discover about God if you're willing to follow him through the night. Isaiah 45 and three gives us this encouragement. It says, and I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches, I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. Watch that. There are treasures in the darkness. There are treasures in the secret place. There are riches in the dark seasons of our life. In John chapter 9, Jesus and his disciples are walking, and as they're walking, they come into contact with a blind man. The Bible says that this man has been blind since he was born, stumbling around in the dark every day of his life, 
wondering where things were, where people were, were, where he was, constantly stumbling, living a life surrounded only by darkness. And the Bible says that as they come upon him, the disciples ask Jesus, they say, why did this happen to him? Or why is this happening to him? Matter of fact, they actually assumed that because he was in a dark place that he had done something wrong or his parents had done something wrong. They assumed that because he was surrounded by darkness, that all he saw was darkness, all his life was full of was stumbling around. They just assumed that something bad was happening to him. And I think sometimes in our life, we just assume when dark seasons come or when the night comes and, and we're going through something, we just assume automatically that something bad has happened, that God is mad at us or that we have done something wrong and God is judging us. And Jesus looks at him and says, no, this stumbling that he's been experiencing, this darkness that he's been going through has nothing to do with what anybody has done, but what I want to do through him. He said, I want to use this to reveal my glory in his life. Is there anybody in the room thankful today that God doesn't waste the dark seasons of my life, but he uses them as opportunities to reveal his glory in my life. He reveals treasure in the dark places of my life. He's been walking around in darkness. And I, I imagine that if the disciples were asking this question, why is this happening to him? Then he was probably asking himself the same question. Why is this happening to me? I don't know if you've ever been in a place like that where you've been asking that question, like, why is this happening to me? I've, I've done everything that I know to do. I, I've, I've been going to church. I've been giving. I've been serving. I've been trying to be faithful. I've been trying not to swear. I've been trying to talk nice about people. I've been trying to be obedient. I've been trying not to cuss people out on Facebook. I've been trying not to block anybody on Instagram. I've been trying not to be bitter. I've been trying my best. Why is this happening to me? I want to encourage you today that the dark place isn't happening to you because God has abandoned you. It is happening to you because God is going to reveal his glory through you. You ought to be grateful right now that God never leaves you or forsakes you. Even in the dark season, even when you feel like he is gone, he has never left. He is still there. I can't imagine how this man felt when he's in this dark place. And then all of the sudden Jesus comes up and he's. He's going to do something in his life, and he can hear that Jesus is around, and, and all of a sudden, he hears someone spit in John chapter 9, and Jesus has spit into the mud, and Jesus takes this mud, and he puts it on his face. Isn't it an amazing thing that before God reveals his glory to you, he makes it even darker than the darkness you are already experiencing because it's always the darkest right before the sun is getting ready to break through in your life. You should give God glory right now. That's why James says you should rejoice when various trials come upon you because the trying of your life produces something in your life. There's something produced in you in the night that isn't produced in you in the day. It's easy to serve God when the sun is out. It is not easy to serve God when it's dark outside. But I feel like I'm in a room full of people who have walked through the sun and they have walked through the nighttime. And they're saying, God, you are worth it all. There's a purpose to this season of 
your life. Proverbs 37 and 23 says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I assumed that because the steps were ordered by the Lord and the word good was in the sentence that all of the steps would be good. But he never promised me that the steps would be good. He just said the steps would be guided. He never said I wasn't going to take you through some difficult things. He never promised me that I wasn't going to suffer. He never told me every report I got from the doctor was going to be good. He never told me that my marriage was going to be perfect. He never told me that my kids were going to act right all of the time. He never told me I was going to keep that job for the rest of my life. He just told me that wherever I go, they are ordered. They might not be good, but they are ordered. Is there anybody grateful that even though I'm not in a good place, I'm in an ordered place? Come on, you ought to put your hands together right now. And even though you might feel like your life is spinning out of control, it's actually right in the palm of his hand. Nothing can pluck you out of the hand of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. He is ordering your steps. You might not like where he's ordered your steps, but he's still ordering your steps. That is good news to me. That is good news to me. See, his goal is to obviously, obviously get us into the light, but the brightness of that light, the clarity of that light is not always the same. It's not always the same. Even in the morning when you wake up and it's still dark outside, unless you're a teenager on a Saturday <laughs> and you don't, you don't wake up until the sun is completely out and I get that. I get that. I feel those times too. But when you wake up in the morning and the sun starts to rise, it doesn't just automatically appear. Have you ever walked out of a dark room into a bright room and the sun can, can be painful? The thing that was supposed to illuminate the day for you can blind you at the same time. It reminds me of how when Saul, who, who became Paul, I like to call him Paul, the artist formerly known as Saul. <laughs> Prince fans will get that. But, uh, but Saul, before he was converted, has this experience with God where a light shines and the light doesn't illuminate anything for him. It actually blinds him. What do you do when the light comes, but God uses the light to blind you? Why would God use the light to blind you? Because because Saul thought he could see, but he couldn't really see. And God had to blind him so that he could really see. And some of you are in a situation right now where you feel blind. But God didn't blind you to hurt you. He blinded you to heal you. See, when Saul came out of that situation, he got a name change. He went from Saul to Paul. He went from murdering Christians to helping Christians. He went from writing letters that would put Christians in prison to writing letters that would set people free. I just want you to know that even if you're in a season where you feel blindness over your life and you feel darkness over your life, it's necessary because God is changing something for his glory and he is going to get the glory out of your life. Notice this, Saul didn't ask for it. He didn't beg for it. He didn't ask God to encounter him. God just showed up and encountered 
encountered him whether he wanted him to or not. I just want you to know that God is that good. If he wants to get your attention, he can get your attention. If he wants to transform something in your life, he can transform it in your life. You don't have to beg him to do it. You could be walking in the opposite direction and he is so good that he will shine his light in the middle of your darkness and take you on a path of destruction and set you free. Is there anybody thankful for a God who is faithful even when you don't know how to be faithful? He will correct you even when you don't know you're wrong. That's what he did for Paul. <laughs> so there's a, there's a purpose for the, for the darkness. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, we see something really powerful. The Bible says there that God in the beginning created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, watch, watch that, look, look, look at that. That's the first time you see God say anything in the Scripture. If that's the first thing that God says in the Scripture, I think it would probably be important that we pay attention to it. And the first thing he says in the Scripture, he says, is, let there be light. And there was light. Now, notice that it wasn't until the fourth day that God actually put the stars in the sky and the sun and the moon and officially designated them as the guiding lights of the day and the night. At this point, the light that is shining is God himself. The Bible says that Jesus is the full radiance of God's own glory. Jesus is light. Jesus came into the world and he said, I am the light of God the world. He wants you to understand that if all the stars go out and the sun refuses to, sh to shine in your life, you still have the light of God over you. <laughs> Man. So it says darkness was over the face of the deep. The spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So there was darkness over the water, but the Spirit of God was also hovering over the water. There was darkness on the water, but the Spirit was hovering over the water. I just, I just want you to understand today that you might feel like darkness is sitting on you, but there is something sitting on it. It's the Spirit of God. The Bible said that, yeah, darkness was over the waters, but guess what? The Spirit also was hovering over the waters. The spirit was doing something different than the darkness. See, the darkness really has no power. Darkness in itself is nothing. It's not even a thing. It's the absence of a thing. And so God is like, why are you afraid of nothing? And even if you think it is something, whatever you're feeling, whatever your emotions are telling you, I want you to understand that it may be dark, but I'm sitting on the darkness. And the Bible says it was around midnight that Paul was in prison and he and his buddy, they began to pray and they began to worship God in the middle of the night. And the presence of God came so powerfully that the presence of God literally sat down on the prison and it was crumbled into pieces because even though they were surrounded by the darkness of the prison, there was something greater than the prison sitting on top of the situation. I just need you to understand today. I don't know what you're going through, 
But I do know for you it's dark. But I do know that there is also something greater that is sitting, hovering over the darkness that is in your life right now. It's the Spirit of God. And if the Spirit of God is sitting on your situation, you might as well go ahead and rejoice because victory is guaranteed. Breakthrough is guaranteed. Come on, another season is guaranteed. I may be in the middle of the night. Weeping may endure for the night, but I'm telling you, joy is coming in the morning. Man, darkness. It's not a sign that he's left me. It's a sign he's working on me and working for me. You realize that your darkest moment was actually the start of a new day? There are a lot of people waiting on, a, on the sun to come out. And then they'll be like, oh, it's a new season in my life. It's a new day. I'm going into something new. The darkness is gone. No, no the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 3, it says that the evening and the morning were the first day. In other words, the Bible is telling you that every new day begins in darkness. It doesn't start in the light. It doesn't start at 7 a.m. when you wake up. It doesn't start at 6 a.m. when you wake up. It starts at midnight. It's a brand new day. If you were to, if you were to look on your cell phone and you got a message at 11.59 p.m., it would say yesterday. And if you got one at 12 o'clock a.m., it would say today. You are that close in breakthrough. You are that close to everything changing in your life. You're not the sun coming out before everything changes. You're not the situation turning around before everything changes. You might be in the darkest moment of your life and in a brand new season at the same time. I just want you to know that you don't have to wait for the sun to come up to give God glory. You don't have to wait for the sun to come up to go ahead and lift your hands to praise. You don't have to wait for the situation to change to go ahead and praise God. You don't have to wait for the doctor's report to change for you to praise God. You don't have to wait for your marriage to get better for you to go ahead and praise God. You don't have to wait for your kids to come to their senses to go ahead and praise God. I promise you that even though it's dark, every new day starts in the night. Can you give God glory that it might be dark outside, but it's a brand new day coming in my life. It's a brand new day coming in my life. Jesus said in verse 4 of John chapter 9, he looked at his disciples, and he's talking about this man and having this interaction with this man. And in the middle of it, he says, he says hey, hey, listen, you need to work while it's day because night is coming where no man can work. No man can work. In other words, Jesus is saying, you're limited. You're limited. You have a certain amount of time that you can work. You have a certain amount of energy that you can give. You have a certain amount of resources that you can contribute. So you might as well, while it's daytime, you might as well get the most out of your experience. But the night's coming. I don't know if it's happened for you yet. It's happened for me. The night has come for me. Has the night come for some of you? And in the night, God says, no man can work. There are places that you get in your life, you don't have the strength to fix it. You don't have the wisdom to figure it out. 
You don't have the power to do anything about it. It's the night. It's when God starts to work. When you go to sleep is when God starts to work. See, that's where faith actually begins. Faith actually begins when you come to the end of you. If you can do it, you don't need faith. But when the night comes, you can't do anything about it. I don't know, maybe you're in a situation right now that you have no power or control over it. I sat with somebody yesterday. They got a terrible report from the doctor. Nothing they can do about it. The night has come. Can't fix this themselves. Can't attend church enough to fix this. Can't read enough scripture to fix this. Can't pray enough to fix it. Can't do enough good works. Can't help enough old ladies across the street to fix this. Can't pay it forward enough to fix this. I love it when I, I go to a, a fast food restaurant and I get to the window and somebody says, hey, the person in front of you paid for your meal. Don't you love that? It's an awesome blessing. And you're supposed to pay, you're supposed to keep paying it forward. Sometimes I just drive off. Has anybody ever just drove off? Like, I don't know what they ordered in the back. They could have 13 kids back there. I don't know. They could be ordering for their whole company. I ain't paying that much at Subway. I ain't paying for 13 subs today. I got a family to raise. Besides, I only ordered a big pound of sweet tea. You can't do enough good to get yourself out. You can't climb out of this hole. The only thing that's going to get you out of this is the fact that you serve a God who neither sleeps nor slumbers. And while you sleep, he goes to work. There are some situations in your life that you just have to trust that, God, I have no control in this. You are my only hope. And I trust that while I'm sleeping, you are working. And I love it because in our opening scripture, Psalm 139, verse 12 says this. It says, it's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. You know, if somebody shows up to my house at 2 a.m., that's different than somebody showing up to my house at 2 p.m. You're gonna get a different reaction from me. <clears throat> I'll never forget, it was about 2 a.m. one night, and this was years ago, and uh, we, were, we, we were laying in bed, and I couldn't sleep, and I couldn't, like, there was something, you ever been laying there, and you're like, I forgot something, and I can't, it's 2 in the morning, and I, I finally remember, I forgot to take the trash to the road, and for me, like, my trash ran at, like, 5 a.m., and so, like, I'm, it's 2 a.m. I'm like, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to take it. It's cold outside. I don't even take time to put shoes on. I go to the front door and I open the front door. And as soon as I open the front door, somebody comes running up my steps with a flashlight like this. Hey, 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 hey. I slammed the door in their face. I sat on the ground and I put my back up against the wall and pressed up against the steps in my house. And I sat there frozen for like five minutes. I wouldn't act like that at 2 p.m. But you come running up on my steps at 2 a.m., 
you're gonna get a different response from me. Are you thankful today for a God who neither sleeps nor slumbers? His reaction to you when you come to him in the middle of the night is not gonna be, don't bother me, I got too much going on. I need a break. I've been working really hard in India this week. You don't understand? No, God is always available. God is always listening. God always has enough resources. God always has enough time. You are not impacting his vacation. He doesn't need one. He doesn't take a break. He is there 24 hours a day, seven days a week available for you. Open up your mouth and he will hear your cry. Fall on his chest and he will wrap you up in his arms. I'm just thankful today for a God that when I go to sleep, he goes to work. He goes to work. It's in the darkness of sleep that God pulled Eve out of Adam. Adam was asleep. And God pulled Eve out of him. He didn't even know she was in there. <laughs> it's not like he showed up to the Valentine's Day party like, hey guys. And they were like, where's your girl? He's like, she's right here. She, she right here. Right here, bro. <laughs> he didn't know she was in there. But God had to knock him out and put him in darkness to get something out of him that he didn't even know was in there. Because you don't, you don't want God to perform surgery while you're awake. <laughs> if he's going to take a rib out of you, you want to be asleep for this. That's why I'm just, I'm just so grateful today. That God sees things that are in me that I don't even realize are there. And if I'm in a dark season, what is it? It's God trying to pull something out of me that I didn't even know was in me. I see it all the time. I see people go through stuff and they think this is the end of me. I'm never going to make it. I'm not going to get through this. This is the last day. This is the, this is the final season. This is it. And then they get through the other side and they're like, I didn't even know I had that in me. Is there anybody in the room that you've gone through some things and you're like, I didn't even know I was capable of that. I didn't even know I trusted God like that. I didn't even know I had faith like that. I didn't even know I believed like that. But thank God that he brings us through those seasons because as he tries us, the Bible says we come out as pure gold. We come out in a condition that we didn't go into the fire in. We come out different. We come out different. I didn't go into the fire gold. At least not pure gold. But I came out pure gold. That's amazing to me. You know, the seed changes into what it was designed to be in the darkness of the dirt. A seed changes into what it's supposed to be in the darkness of the dirt. It goes through a complete metamorphosis. It goes underground and in the darkness. That seed dies and it becomes a completely different thing than was put in the ground. See, when you, when, you, when you serve Jesus, when you give your life to God, you will never really be buried. You will always just be planted. Because even when you die, you might go in the ground, but you're not staying there. The real you isn't staying in the ground. The real you is going to rise again to be with Jesus and live forever. And when you come up out of the ground, you ain't going to come up out of the ground looking like you get a new body. 
there's something unique, different about you. You transform. I just want you to know that whatever you're going through right now, it's to transform you. It's to change you. And the change happens underground. A caterpillar gets its wings in the darkness of a cocoon. Some of you saw me when I was a caterpillar. Some of you saw me when I was walking in the dirt. Had no clue what I was doing with my life. That's why I would tell you, never judge somebody too soon. Because they might look like something now that they aren't going to be in the future. You might see them right now crawling through the dirt, making their way through the mud. What you don't see is what darkness is going to bring out of them. Wait till you see me after I come through the dark. Wait till you see me after I've gone through this metamorphosis in my life. Wait till you see me after I've experienced the change. Wait till you see me after I've been underground. Wait till you see me after. See, they can, they can pronounce you dead, but you're not really dead. Even when they say time of death, this, this, and this, this day, this time, Man, as a follower of Jesus, life didn't really end. Life actually just really started. (laughs) And people have come to announce your death, announce the end of you. They didn't understand that you weren't buried. You were were planted. Job 23, 8 through 12, Job says this. He says, if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. But he knows the way I take. Even when I can't see him, the Bible is telling me he sees me. Are you thankful for that today? Even when I don't know where he is, I can't find him, his location. I can't. He still sees me. And he says, when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Watch this. Verse 11 says, my feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. So what do I do when I cannot see him? Look what Job says. Job says, I followed closely to his steps. He said, I can't see him, but I'm following his steps. How is he following his steps if he can't see him? Job is is following where he last saw him go. Got to think about that because in the culture we live in, everybody's looking for something new. And God is trying to tell you, I've already told you enough at this point in your life to last you for the rest of your life. 
Job isn't talking about, I'm reading the Bible every day. There's no such thing as the New Testament. There's no such thing as the, the Old Testament put together. Job's not breaking out the scrolls. Job is literally hanging on to what he last heard God say, where he last knew God was, where he last experienced God. And when I don't know what to do, I do what I know to do. When I don't have a new word from God, I keep obeying the old word that I heard in the first place. And there are a lot of people looking for something new and God's like, no, I want you to obey the thing that I told you to do before. I just want you to take the next step. Not the step that I have planned for you in five years, but the step I have planned for you today on this Sunday at 1131 a.m. The next step. What is it? Just walk to your car, get into it, go home. I want to know your plans for me. Just get your kids out of class and go to eat and go home. Keep trusting me. I want to know the great future that you have for me. Just, just, just don't hit anybody as you're pulling out of the parking lot and drive safely home. I want the sun to shine. And the Bible says that in Psalms, it says that his word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Sometimes I don't get the full radiance of the sun. Sometimes I get a star in the sky. Sometimes I get a little lamp that only shows me the next step to take. And I promise you, if you will just take the next step, you will eventually get into the place that God has for you without striving, without earning, without trying really hard, without begging, without having to kick doors down. If you'll just take the next step of faithfulness. I don't know what to do today. I guess I'll do what I know to do. I know to go to church, and I know to praise God, and I know to bless God. I don't know what to do tomorrow. Well, I guess I could do what I know to do. I know to open up the Word and read God's Word and to study, and I don't know what to do. See, sometimes God doesn't show you the next year. He only shows you the next step. And in a culture we live in, everybody's waiting for one bright and shining moment. God's just waiting for people to take the next step. Would you just be faithful with Sunday? Tomorrow is not even guaranteed to you. Why are you worrying about it so much? How about you be faithful to take the next step today? I know it's not glamorous, and I know it doesn't look like it changes the world, but eventually enough faithful steps, and you will look back at a life that fulfilled the will of God, the purpose of God, and you'll be able to, like Paul, say, I finished my course. I ran my Race, I walked out every step that God had for me. Don't miss a step because you're looking at somebody else's steps. Robert Madu said this a few years ago. He said, comparison clouds the clarity of your own calling. That's such a tweetable thing, isn't it? He's so good at all of that. Comparison, it clouds the clarity of your own calling. Will you stand on your feet with me today? That's the next step. You just did the next thing. You're like, I'm stuck. No, you're not. You were sitting down. Now you're standing up. You're not stuck. You just take the next step. How do I solve my marriage? And, and God's like, just take the next step. What do I do to fix this? Just... Just the next step. We want answers for the next five years, and God's like, I'm just trying to 
I'm trying to get you through the next five minutes. Because if I can get you five minutes after five minutes after five minutes, then it will eventually end up in a life that fulfills the totality of God's call over you. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. Thank you. Thank you that you take us through. The same God who ordered our steps into this space and into this place is the same God who will bring us through it. If you led me into it, you'll guide me out of it. And I thank you for that today. God, I want to thank you for the dark seasons of my life because they have they have produced something in me that the day couldn't produce in me. I want to thank you for walking me through difficult things because I am not the sum total of a life that has gone according to plan. I am the sum total of a life that is to my plans. I'm the sum total of a life that has been guided by you. I thank you for guiding me. I thank you. I thank you for bringing me through. I thank you that even in this dark season that I'm in right now, that you are bringing me through. It's not over for me. You haven't abandoned me. You aren't finished with me. It's the beginning of a new day for us. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And everybody in the room said amen.